On this week's episode, we finish off Season 4 for Stranger Things. Is Chris Pratt's career on the terminal list? And are the minions ready for the rise of Gru? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC See Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, and today we just finished a recording of three hours almost of NBA free agency coverage, so check that out wherever you get your podcast at The Lakers Fast Break. Vampires and Vitae, all the stuff that we do tabletop RPG-wise at the Pop Culture Cosmos, and if you didn't check us out earlier this week, just go to our Facebook page in the video section. You will see a ton of hours of footage from earlier this week because every time i looked at my phone i got a notification ping another tabletop rpg game in progress ping tabletop rpg game in progress right there at the pop culture cosmos on facebook seemed like every time i turned around there was another tabletop rpg in progress and if you can catch all that plus our good friends vampires and vitae wherever you get your podcast also, as well, everything that we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, and if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. She is the stardust <laughs> of everything that we do at Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae. Also, as well, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, of course. Mm-hmm. With Wizards with, and Wine. Yep, with Wizards and Wine. She's doing like the coast to coast thing as far as live and also as well what she does as far as streaming it out to a worldwide audience as far as all the great tabletop RPG games that she does. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, I know you've been working extremely hard, torturing your players each and every time out, especially with this new game that you've started up. So I just am so glad that you're back here to talk pop culture with me once again. Yeah, it's so far so good. Both groups of players for the Wild Beyond the Witchlight seem to be having a blast. We just had our first like full game with the Las Vegas group this past Monday. So I saw. Yeah, and we're just about to get into our second game with the girls back in Nova Scotia coming up this coming Monday. Remember, it does affect The game in one area affects the game in another area, correct? Yes, absolutely. And we saw a little bit of that, like kind of hints of that in uh, the session with the Vegas group. For example, both groups went to the snail races. So when the Vegas group showed up at the snail races, 
the champion from the races happened to be one of the players in the Halifax game. So they walked into the crowd chanting the character's name and, and you know, little things like that. I'm trying to uh, work in bit by bit before we get really heavy on that kind of stuff. But it's really okay. exciting. It's really fun. It's almost like setting up the lambs for slaughter right there for you. <laughs> I would never. Oh, sure. no, 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 no. You'd never do that. I, I yeah, know well, you have, since because you have Roger involved in this, who is yeah. our DM for a Monday game, the Demolition Force. I know there's always some retribution that could be at hand. So, yeah, well, he put thing. me on the spot a couple of times Monday afternoon. So Monday evening when he came over to the house to sit down and play, I put Roger on the spot a couple of times. It's there instant karma right there. Right there. You know what they say about payback? And I'll leave it at that. Right. But, but it's going to be a great episode we've got on tap for you today. I've got our good friend Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions back still from down under in Australia. He's coming back for part two of our conversation this time talking about the controversy going on with Ezra Miller and DC, the future of Flashpoint. We've got some ideas that we toss around. What could this could happen for DC and Warner Brothers? Plus, you know I cannot ever have a conversation in full with him without a great barbecue grilling idea from the <laughs> mastermind of Smoking Hot Confessions, the best place to go for anything barbecue grilling. So he has on tap an idea for you on a great recipe for pulled lamb tzatziki burger. That's right. If you're into Greek-style food, he's got a pulled lamb tzatziki burger recipe for you, and that's coming up on the back end of the show. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about Chris Pratt's latest adventure, The Terminalist. Is it terminal? We'll talk about this second time around for Chris Pratt. Or, I don't know, it's Christopher, because he doesn't like to be called Chris. That's what I heard in interviews this week and read. So I don't even know, but I'm just going to say Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, his second time around on Amazon Prime. Is it two times a charm for Amazon Prime and Chris Pratt? We'll find out. Plus, also, as well, we're going to be talking about the latest entry to the box office. Minions, they're back invading the theaters with the rise of Gru. What's the advanced word from critics? And why does Josh have a problem with it? We're going to talk about that coming up on the show as well. Plus, we've got Peacock on the mind because Peacock, where they stand right now heading into the fall, and does their lineup of shows actually interest us at all? We're going to find out on the show as well. But first, my friend, we come down to it for season four of Stranger Things. Over 900 million hours have already been streamed on it as far as season four is concerned. I guess that it can still get the record and try and beat Squid Game. It still has not yet beaten Squid Game as far as the all-time streaming record for Netflix, even though, again, 930 or some odd million hours there. That's a lot of hours right there for you. I do know that the Umbrella Academy and Money Heist Korea, those, depending on where you're at in the world, this week have taken over for number one, but you know that's a short time because... We all know this weekend, everybody's going to be tuning back for the finale of season four of Stranger Things. Your thoughts as far as this final battle that could be happening between Vecna, the latest boss per se, that's matched up against Eleven and the rest of the kids that are part of Stranger Things. Your thoughts on Stranger Things as it closes out season four. It's definitely been a global phenomenon. And it's one of those shows that I've tried to watch a few times and I just can't. 
I don't know. There's, there's some kind of, there's a, there's something blocking me from really enjoying the show. And I'm not really sure what that is, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's so D and D centric. Yep. You know, especially, I mean, last season and then this season in with Vecna. So yep. I know they've got a lot going on when you talk, start talking D and D and stuff like that. So it's weird that I'm not like crazy about the show. It's just so funny anyways, how you kind of get squeamish at horror when we talk about this and, Yet you love vampires. Right. Doesn't vampires <laughs> kind of tinge on horror there, depending yeah. on, you know, okay, what we do in the shadows is not horror, but that's vampire related. But yeah. there are other vampire movies that do tinge on horror. So mm-hmm. kind of like when you say that, and then I think about, I was actually in the car the other day. I'm like, I remember you said that, you know, you got freaked out when we talked about horror movies last week. And I'm like thinking, isn't this the lady who does vampires and <laughs> beat Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, sure is. Kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. All right. Each their own, I say, but Stranger Things, it has been a worldwide phenomenon. I was kind of worried, well, I shouldn't say worried, but kind of uh, interested to see if Stranger Things could still have the same kind of hold on the Netflix public at large like they once did when it was the foundational piece for a growing Netflix market as it approached and went over 100 million viewers and then over 150 then over 200 million viewers. It is still, as we see with the over 900 million hours viewed, it is still one of the most bankable properties for Netflix. So it'll be a shame. I'm sure Netflix will be just very sad when Stranger Things ends with its season five, whenever that comes out. I know they have a prequel in the works, or excuse me, I know they have a spinoff in the works. Does it feature Vecna? Who knows who it features, but, you know, it is a, they, the Duffer brothers did say that they do have a spinoff in the works for Stranger Things whenever that day comes. Of course, with the long delays, season five may not come out until next year at the earliest. So we don't know when a spinoff could come, but it's just interesting to see that it still has this hold. And like you said, it lays a foundation based in D&D, but it expands on that so much more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like that's what the show was about. I'm well, they sorry. they try to say it at least as far as you know the the people who don't understand what's going on in Hastings, they do a lot what we see in society today. Like for instance, so many people blame you know a lot of the crime and things of that nature on video games, right? And they do in the show they try to emulate that, like saying D and D, which at the time in the eighties. Yeah, was if you didn't play it and you didn't understand it, you thought it was the stuff for the uh, deities and devils. And, you know, this is stuff that's, you know, really unholy and shameful and all that type of stuff. And they were trying to get that across certain individuals that didn't understand what was going on or didn't know how to play the game. So you're seeing that a little bit here as far as that type of mentality is concerned. So, yeah, I I can get it. But, yeah, just the success. You cannot argue with the success of what the Duffer brothers have created. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't even dream of trying to dispute it. You know, it's just not everything is going to be a hit with every single person. And, you know, you you can't please everybody. And there's just something about the show that just, I don't know, it it hasn't struck a chord with me. So I'm like, ooh, got to watch that. Yeah, that's not, uh, I don't know what that is. It's weird. But you saw the Squid Game. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, a little bit bloody. It was pretty dark. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I I don't I can't explain it, Gerald. Do you want you okay. want me to explain what happens in my mind? You're crazy. 
Well, you know, there's a Robbie Ross joke in there somewhere, but I won't want to say it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's the thing, though. You know, we just are entranced who does enjoy the the actual series are just entranced by what happens next. I, I love the way that they set up the the episodes one upon the other. I, I kind of like have a little issue with the way they structured it between volume one and volume two. Volume two, as far as season four is concerned, only has two episodes. Mind you, they're extended episodes. Right. And one of them is, is the length of a movie at two hours reportedly. So, okay, I get that. But why didn't you just space it and even it out between maybe uh, if you're going to have longer episodes of volume two, maybe like three or four episodes and then make six on the front side, four on the other side. I don't know. It just, I understand why they split it up. I just don't understand how the allotment of episodes came out. Sure. I have a theory about that. And it, okay. it, comes, it comes from the radio background and it comes from a lesson that everybody learned watching Entertainment Tonight, actually. Do, 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 yeah, do. I one. just actually won this like 50,000 daytime Emmy the other day, but go ahead. Yeah, What's that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that one some more. <laughs> no, but so it, it, it's this thing called the 80-20 rule. So what you do is you give 80% of your content end with a teaser and get them to come back for that last little 20%. So, you know, you have all of those episodes, you're left on that cliffhanger, and then you got two more episodes extended, granted, yes, but, you know, it leaves you wanting more. So when it comes out, you're guaranteed to be there the day that it drops so you can watch it. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be talking about this weekend before they go ahead and head out for the fireworks or head out to go see Minions, Rise of Gru, or anything of that nature. So first comes first, it is Stranger Things, Season 4, Volume 2. It is dropping this weekend on Netflix. I know everybody out there not named Melinda Barkhouse Ross is going to catch it that has a (laughs) Netflix account or, you know, a shared account or got the password or whatever. That was so funny. I read this article the other day that someone on TikTok was bragging that they went on a date with somebody and they got their Netflix password and they've had it for like years since. And that was kind of funny that they never, they never dated each other again. And he, they, she still had it like you know years down the line as far as that Netflix account is concerned until he finally caught on recently. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, you know what? It's all about Netflix, though, although eventually it's going to catch up with everybody as far as the shared accounts and you know, adding in advertisements, they're going to start making, trying to do what they can to make some money because they have on the bad side of Netflix, they have made some layoffs. Uh, I think about 450 in total this year to my best recollection. So that's still a number of people that have been laid off of what was some people thought was up until this year, a company that was infallible, that seemed to be like Teflon that seemed to be perfect in any situation. So we've seen that even they have hit a little bit of a snag but can season four of Stranger Things finish out strong? We'll wait and see. I'll go ahead and check it out this weekend and I'll share my thoughts on the Monday show. But yeah, if you're watching Stranger Things, you're watching season four, you're watching volume two, if you've already caught up with all that and you already want to go ahead and check it out this weekend, we want to hear your thoughts before you set off those fireworks. Please let us know if you are really into Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, and your thoughts on how this season concluded for Stranger Things. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And of course, before we hit the break, we want to wish you a happy July 4th weekend for everybody out there that's celebrating it here in the U.S. And also everybody out there have a great weekend as well.
Also, happy Canada Day. Yes. Today, Friday. Like, yes. Close enough to Friday here for us. Happy Canada Day as well. Oh, Canada. That's the best I could do as a American. That's, I mean, Sorry. it was pretty good. It was pretty okay. good. Don't ask me to read the rest. I could do the rest, yeah, but it's just like, <laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, but is it the official version with the English and French in it? Or is it? Okay. That sounds unofficial to me, Gerald. That yeah, that's very unofficial. Yeah. But. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Uh that's it's it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you well, Here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just hand are these even dice? We are gonna play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you wanna be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program, and don't forget that we have Ben Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions coming up later in the episode to talk DC. And oh my gosh, has he got a tasty recipe for you to listen to. That's coming up on the back end of the show. But first, my friend, it is Minions, The Rise of Gru. This, I don't want to say it's a surprise that we've gotten this far with the Despicable Me world universe slash Minions universe. I think that when I first enjoyed Despicable Me number one way back when, I did not foresee this being extended to this far out where you could actually think about possibly getting up to $150 million, which is what's being projected worldwide at the box office this weekend for Minions. I did not think that this was a property that you could extend this far out, but heck, Universal, Illumination, I know we pick on Universal stuff all the time, but you know what? There are a couple things that they do right, and even though it's not getting great reviews, in fact, it's only got a 55 right now on Metacritic, I think that Minions, you just have those cute Minions all over the screen doing that silly stuff. I think you can do two hours of that, you can get away with it, you'll still be making money. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that that's really the the essence of the films is that silliness that you get from from the minions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean obviously when Groot gives in to the silliness of the minions as well or the girls, uh, you know, that's satisfying when when you know you see Groot you know who's or been Groot. trying to be Groot. sorry, Groot, yeah. We see him trying to be the tough guy. You see him trying to be, you know, the evil mastermind, and he just falls to pieces over a fart gun. I mean, that's great. <laughs> that's good stuff. But, but those minions, you can actually literally have them go on forever, as long as they're successful, oh, yeah. as long as people want to watch it. Because, you know, whoever does the voices, you don't know. Because Kevin and all the other minions there, they're, they, you know, they you can tweak their voices to go ahead and make them sound like that. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Then, but with Steve Carell's Gru... That's yeah. the thing. As long as Steve Carell wants to do it and is able to do it, that's the problem. There's going to be a, eventually a finite time for that as far as Gru's character or unless you can find someone that can sound a lot like him. I know that I was watching a, a Netflix for Kung Fu Panda. I think a TV series that's set up and I don't think it is Jack Black. And the first time they went around without Jack Black, it sounded pretty good. It sounded right. pretty good. 
this time around, I'm not really convinced. If it is, is Jack Black, it doesn't really sound that good, but that's for upcoming special for Netflix. If you want to go ahead and watch that for Kung Fu Panda, I actually threw that trailer up on the Pop Culture Cosmos site. But getting back to what we're talking about with Minions, they're so darn cute and they're so darn funny. You know, I know that Josh had a issue with the actual reception, the critical reception. Again, it's mediocre at best. And he had a, a really big issue with it today in social media because he pointed out to everyone out there that, you know what, Minions is not supposed to be like this thespian thing that's going on. And I know that a lot of critics are, are pointing out the issues with the plot. This is a Minions movie. It's just got to be setting up the stage for two hours of Minion jokes. And I think everybody's good with that. Yeah, I I agree. Like I said, it's it's two hours of fart jokes and, you know, butt jokes and, you know, getting kicked in the crotch. That's all that you should expect from these movies. Or slamming something huge or heavy on their heads. Like yeah. the old Wiley e. Coyote. And right, Road or, cartoons. you know, like cracking one of them and shaking him up so he's a glow stick, you know, stuff like that. I have a question, though. Was yes. Steve Carell in the Minions movie where Sandra Bullock played the villain that the minions were following i believe he has been in the each and every one i don't think he he, yeah i think he was i think the minions movie uh has at least had a it may or may not the first minions movie may or may not have had him in there i I don't remember i've seen it but they kind of blurred together for me i think was every time though that grew has appeared on screen it has been voiced by steve carell even the the younger grew like you're seeing with this one because it's the rise of grew it is a you know, even a younger, ver- you know, like tweaked, like the Minions voices are tweaked, you know, yeah. from real voice actors. His voice was tweaked so that it would sound like a younger version of Gru. I believe every time that you've seen Gru on screen, whether it is on the Minions movies where he's either not been on very much or just playing a smaller part or the Despicable Me movies where he's the major part of it. It's all been Steve Carell so far to this point. I still think that it's going to do pretty good at the box office this weekend, which leads me to another question I have. Uh Uh-oh. Where has Minion succeeded if it does well this weekend, if it does $150 million in worldwide take, where Pixar's Lightyear has failed? I I think that the Minions have nothing but, like, feel-good things around them right now. And... I don't know that that's necessarily the same for Buzz Lightyear. I don't know. Maybe we've grown out of Toy Story. I don't know. And the Minions, it just, you know exactly what to expect every single time you go to one. They, they don't really change the movies that much. I know Tim Allen recently said in the last couple of days about the fact that he really had no say in this controversy in regards to him not voicing the Lightyear character because he said simply stated he doesn't feel any connection from the Lightyear character in Lightyear, which was voiced by Chris Evans to his character that he's done in the Toy Story movies. There actually is, if you watch the movie, a little bit of a connection between the two. That's why the movie was created in the first place. So there is a little bit to draw from there, but maybe not for enough for Kim. Again, there's something that there, I think people are just trying to reach for answers. Why? It didn't connect as far as a big audience is concerned. Myself, I think that it, the fact is it will probably be on Disney Plus sooner than you can shake a stick. The fact that that's going to happen pretty soon, I'm sure that's an issue. I think that, like a lot of people say, they're done with the Toy Story. They've grown up with Toy Story and they've grown and moved on from Toy Story. I think that may have been an issue as well. 
So I think that, unfortunately, as much as I wanted this movie to succeed, Lightyear, unfortunately, could not fit the bill. And Minions was just, again, doesn't have to be great rated, just has to go out there, two hours of Minion jokes. And I think you're all set for a younger audience, a family audience. A family doesn't have to worry about any of the factors as far as knowing with the Toy Story IP or anything like that. They just know that Minions is a recent set of movies that they're familiar with and that their kids actually probably have grown up with. And they're ready to go ahead and check it out this weekend. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. You don't have to be familiar with the Minion story to enjoy a Minion movie. but You can just watch a commercial. and Yeah, absolutely. That's about as much depth as you need. Yeah, and maybe, you know, with the way that the Toy Story movies have rolled out and they've gotten, you know, all of the this emotional stuff that has happened in the movies and all of these emotional connections with people, maybe it was just too late. Maybe if this had come out five years ago, closer to when the last Toy Story movie was, maybe if it had been like a year or two right after that, the movie might've done a lot better. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, Tim Allen said he thought it was going to be a live action movie for uh, maybe that was the plan all along originally. And then maybe right. Pixar got a hold of it. So, but I know that with Lightyear again, there's some disappointing returns, even for a movie that's, you know, people thought it was okay. Not too bad. It's just the thing is, I think, like you said, that the people just don't have the connection to the Toy Story movies anymore. And the fact also as well that people know, especially after what we saw this past week with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness hitting Disney Plus six weeks after its release, they just have to wait a few weeks and it's already there. And they get an actually a great quality version of it. I mean, the Doctor Strange version, I know you fell asleep or didn't actually get to finish it at that time. We're getting further and further into the movie, by the way, before we fall asleep. Yeah, I think think tonight's the night. I think tonight we're going to make it all the way through it. Okay, fair enough. But it's a great version. It's IMAX in hand. It's got all the bells and whistles added to it. It, For me, it was a better experience watching it on my home TV than actually was in the theaters, which I can't usually say that about a lot of movies. So, yeah, right there for you with Disney Plus. I think that's part of the reason why Lightyear has not connected with a worldwide audience. But We'll see what happens when it hits Disney+. Plus. But right now, it is Minions, The Rise of Gru hitting theaters. We'll see how well it does. Josh and I will report on it for the Monday show. But what are your thoughts on Minions, Rise of Gru, and the Despicable Me franchise? Are you into some Minions this weekend at the box office? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head to the break, The Terminalist. Ah, deja vu, my friend. It is Chris Pratt getting ready with his guns, getting ready to shoot some things, shoot some people this time around. It's He's not going into the future. So it's not the Tomorrow War, which was my choice for the worst <laughs> pop <laughs> culture right. product of 2021. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a, a new series that's come around. It's gotten absolutely horrid reviews. I don't know. Maybe it's personal with, with people in regards to Chris Pratt because I know he's courted a lot of controversy. I'm going to stay out of that part of it. But mm-hmm. they really are, cannot stand this series. I guess he's a, a officer that you know was on a mission. It went awry. His people got killed. And so he's now out looking for revenge because he got betrayed, blah, 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 blah. And you know, he's now going to go ahead and blow everybody away as only Chris Pratt can do especially if you call him Chris, because I heard now he doesn't like to be called Chris. So I guess in the movie, if you call him Chris, maybe you get blown away. I don't know, you know, because right now the terminal list is getting pretty bad reviews on Amazon Prime, but I am not discounting it, that it will not do well, because of the fact this time last year, 
I was laughing at how bad the Tomorrow War was. I think he was, he was either laughing or throwing up. I don't know, either one or the two. I think and, it was. Yeah. And it did huge numbers for Amazon Prime. And it uh-huh. was probably a little bit of both, you know. But it did huge numbers. So I ask you this as we close out our first half. With the terminal list now hitting Amazon Prime, do you think this will be a hit a second time around for Chris Pratt? Christopher Pratt. Mr. Pratt. How about Mr. Pratt? Yeah. Okay. First of all, if you didn't like being called Chris, then you should have dealt with that before you became a box office draw. You know what? I'm one of the people that will watch the Chris Pratt thing when it drops on Amazon. I'll give it well, some it's time. Dropping. It's dropping sure. this weekend. Yeah, I, I'll watch it. Absolutely. And why not? <laughs> well, the only thing, reason why I say is because, again, the word of mouth from the critics, which, again, Josh always has an issue with, but it's not been very good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right now, again, like I said, 35 on Metacritic, which is an absolutely horrible score. And my gosh, it's really not that good to talk about. But again, it could be a situation we saw this like last year where we saw the Tomorrow War. It got horrible reviews, just a poor Metascore. You know, like I said, for me, it was the worst thing I saw last year, and it scored. So I'm telling you right now, I'm just not going to go ahead and argue with it. So, hey, if people want to go ahead and check it out, I am not going to dispute the success of this because I think just because he still has a name that can draw, he still has a name that can get people to watch his shows. Yes, even if they're getting it wrong, he still has the name draw. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think that, too, that um, part of the appeal of these Chris Pratt movies, like the one that we saw last year and with what's coming now on Amazon, I think that it's just one of those things where you just can, like, turn off your brain and you can just take in some guilt-free entertainment. It's going to be guilt-free indeed because yeah. it is the terminal list. It is now available on Amazon Prime starting this weekend. The series, go ahead and check it out. Please, if you have any thoughts on the terminal list, please, we would love to hear it. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is my good friend, Mr. Ben Arnell from Smoking Hot Confessions, giving you some great tips on an awesome, awesome way to go ahead and spice up your barbecue with a pulled lamb tzatziki burger. Mmm, I'm getting hungry already. Plus, also as well, he's going to be talking DC, the issues with Flashpoint, and how Warner Brothers has a big problem on their hands. That's coming up after the break. And Melinda and I are going to close out the show talking some Hulu and some Peacock. Is it time this fall to get into Peacock? She's going to let you know if her mind's been changed on Peacock. That's coming up at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Once again, it's Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions. And before he tells you a great idea about a place to go for all your barbecue grilling needs, hint, hint, Smoking Hot Confessions, I'm going to talk to him about DC. And DC right now is kind of, was looking real good heading into 2022. 
good storylines, good series, good movies, Suicide Squad, you had Peacemaker, the Batman was killing it earlier this year. You've also got the Joker. That's a sequel has been greenlit. So we'll see something. Well, you can't argue. You can't argue with a billion dollar R-rated film, my friend. No, 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 no. But just the idea of it being a musical. I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's just a throwaway line. They're just they're, I think they're yeah. just playing with us. Well, with Lady Gaga being rumored to be playing the lead alongside Joaquin Phoenix, I think that you've got two outstanding actors there. Lady Gaga has done a great job in, in some films. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can bring to this universe, this deep, dark universe. If you talk about the DC universe, it seemed like a lot of momentum was going forward. You have Black Adam that's coming on the way in the not-too-distant future. You have Aquaman 2. You've got Shazam. Things are starting to look really good for the DC Universe. And then real life happened. And then real life happened to Ezra Miller and all the things that he's done all around the world as far as in Hawaii, overseas, what he's doing now, uh, some very concerning things as far as that part of it, because he's really not making a good representation for himself he's gotten trouble with the law on more than one occasion in recent times leaving warner brother executives really at a loss for what to do going forward because he has a movie coming up by the end of this year called flashpoint at least scheduled as of now by the end of this year called flashpoint which is supposed to retcon a lot of what's gone on previously and try to make it more streamlined going forward so i ask you this my friend a lot of perplexing things if you we're at Warner Brothers slash HBO slash HBO Max slash DC headquarters. What will your plans be right now at this point, citing all the bad news that's coming Ezra Miller's way? Oh, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a hard call. I mean, um, there's obviously a lot going on in their lives. I suspect just from reading about the incidents that there's some there's most probably some mental health issues going on here. And I dare say it's because he's going to be under a lot of pressure because this whole point of this flashpoint storyline, as you said, is basically to reset the absolute quagmire mess, in my opinion, that has been Batman versus Superman and the original release of justice league. Yeah. And so they had this amazing opportunity to reset all that. And I dare say that, that Ezra Miller, they were feeling the pressure of all that combined with what's happening in their personal life. And it's really hard to say when someone's having mental health issues, you got to cut them. But there's also been a lot of violence in what he's been doing towards women, which I do not support or accept in any way, shape or form. That cannot be tolerated or accepted in any form either. Agreed. So my personal opinion on what I would do if I were the head of Warner Brothers, I would say we cannot tolerate this kind of behavior. So we are taking him out of this role and we are going to recast him. However, we're offering them these support programs and we encourage them to get better, to do what they need to do to be able to come back to us in five to 10 years time. It's not a good look to turf out someone who's having mental health issues, but it's also not tolerable on any level that there's been violence towards women. So I would not want to be the actual person having to make that decision. 
because it feels like no matter which way you go, you're out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. Rock in um, a hard place, my friend. It is. It is. It is. I do not envy uh, the head of Warner Brothers, their position there at all. Because you've already um, spent $150 million plus filming this movie. It's already done. It's basically in post at this point in time as we speak, adding CGI, adding some effects here and there. But the principal filming has already been completed. That's a bigger problem because you've already have a completed movie in the can and the actor has already courted some controversy since. So what do you do? How do you finish this? You know you got to do a flashpoint to reset this DC universe and put it on a better track. You've already had some good signs leading into it with some good products that you put out there for people. But what do you do to go ahead and make this right? I understand it's a very difficult decision and you obviously want to make sure that you take great care to go ahead and help them as best you can in this situation. But the violence and the bad things that have been perpetrated by them or alleged to have been perpetrated by them is also a very bad look, as you indicated, the proverbial rock in a hard place. So really, what do you need to do from here? Do you just go ahead and make the big call to go ahead and make a change? Yeah, I mean, wow. Like We're talking about imagine. an extra $100 million, at least in doing so, to reshoot all those scenes. How much actual reshooting would you have to do? I mean, in a movie like The Flash, there's going to be tons of CGI in there, and it can't be that hard to CGI out Ezra's face in the mask and put someone like Grant Gustin's face in and then just reshoot the scenes where he's not in the suit and he's not being CGI'd. I mean, would it be that much? And I mean, it wouldn't be that much extra to employ Grant Gustin Uh because he's not a huge movie star. He's not pulling in, you know, $50 million a contract movies, you know, like uh, say Johnny Depp or Robert Downey Jr., somebody like that. So, I mean, you know, could you get away with it for... I mean, you know, when I say not that much, we're still talking, you know, 20, 30 million. But yeah. in the scale of making these movies, that's 10%, an extra 10% on the budget. I mean, uh, what I think they basically need to do is pull some kind of thing like they did in Sliders. Remember that TV show from the 1990s? Yes. And I mean, they did it awfully. Sliders did it very poorly where they tried to replace the actor but try and claim it as the same character. So, I mean, that was terribly done, but something similarly could be done in Flashpoint as the different universes merge or something like that. You know, there's this sort of flashing of the characters' faces one over the other, backwards and forwards, and then it settles as Grant Gustin. It's going to have to be something like that because I don't know really if they should put out a movie of the stature that's going to be the future and set the future for the DC universe with Ezra Miller there. I really think that's not going to be a great call. They can't. They can't. You can't have someone on record choking women in, in public and throwing chairs at them in bars and things and like put them on the marquee of a blockbuster movie. That's not going to fly. There's going to have to be something done. And I think that the general public are going to have to uh, not get as upset as they did about sliders and just accept that that's just the way it's got to be. But I am something I am looking forward to. I am looking forward to Flashpoint in terms of the storyline. Yes. So ignoring the Ezra Miller factor. You and I have been talking about this for years now. Three or four years ago, you and I were talking about Justice League and I was saying, I really hope they do Flashpoint so that they just wipe out this whole thing. 
and just carry on like none of it ever happened. Well, my friend, it's been fantastic talking to you about Marvel, DC. We didn't even get to Star Wars, you know, because oh. there's so much going on in Star Wars. And we'll catch up on that whenever you're ready, my friend, and you can come back on the show. But before we head on out, you know I cannot leave you without talking a little bit of food and barbecue because, you know, no matter what time it is, and it's 1.30 in the morning here for me, it doesn't matter. I always love talking some good barbecue. In fact, I had some good Korean barbecue before we went on the air earlier tonight. I want to talk to you about sandwiches. When it comes to sandwiches, barbecue sandwiches have a taste and a flavor all their own. I ask you, my friend, something that a lot of people are going to try and make out in the grill this summer as it gets hot, as it continues the summer, are barbecue sandwiches. Can you give any advice out there on how to make a really good barbecue sandwich? Well, look, I'm, I'm really glad that you asked that. I've been working on, um, on, on lamb a lot lately because with the way things are at the moment, there's a whole lot of different meat prices are going all sorts of crazy. So we're eating a lot of chicken and a lot of lamb in our house at the moment. But generally speaking, we're eating the cheaper cuts of lamb, which is good because that's the whole point of barbecue is that we're cooking the cooking the cheaper cuts of meat anyway. Yeah. So you've got your typical classical American pulled pork burger, right? You've got your pulled pork, you've got your sauce, you've got your slaw or your salad, whatever on top on a nice brioche bun. One of the things that we like to do over here is we put a bit of a Greek style spin on it and we'll actually get a lamb shoulder and we'll season the lamb shoulder with salt, pepper, some powdered garlic. I actually like to just pierce the skin and put little slices of whole garlic in and little sprigs of fresh rosemary out of the garden, stick them in the hole as well. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I'll cook the whole shoulder the same as if I would a Boston butt. So a, a whole pork shoulder. Do it exactly the same way. Smoke it, wrap it, pull it off at about 203 degrees Fahrenheit, shred it the same as you would a pork shoulder, pull the bits of rosemary out because you don't want to actually eat them, but keep the garlic in and because that'll be all soft and mushy and gooey by then so it's all gonna sort of mix in nicely with the with the pulled lamb and then i like to get a bit of greek yogurt and i'll get some minced garlic out of the jar and spoon out some of the greek yogurt mix in the minced garlic and chop into little bits of triangles some cucumber and throw some of that in there as well and then if i have some i'll throw in just a little pinch of fresh dill not too much because you don't want it to taste like a cheeseburger but yeah. just a little bit just a little bit of dill in there well can i ask you this that sounds almost like a tzatziki sauce that you're creating right there. That's basically what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm I'm creating like a what's in the fridge. What can I do to try and make a tzatziki? So, <laughs> but yeah, so we're we're basically doing a pulled lamb tzatziki burger. Oh wow! Um, and so you just take your burger bottom, throw a bunch of your pulled lamb on there with all that sort of that mushy garlic minced in, and it's got that rosemary flavor to it as well. Put a dob of that tzatziki on there as well that you've just made, that tart Greek yogurt with a bit of garlic and cucumber, a little bit of dill, some lettuce or some baby spinach. Mate, I tell you what, it is a fusion of American-style barbecue with some Aussie lamb and some Greek flavors. It's so good. It's so good. You're terrible to me, man. You just, just you really want me to go ahead and just extend myself to like five, 700 pounds, just eat all this great food you always talk about on the show. I just, I'm really convinced of that, my friend. Well, I tell you what, next time I'm on, I'll talk you through my U.S. blended with Australian, blended with Italian, smoked lamb shank ragu. Oh, it's it's God. unbelievable. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. The things you say on this show, it's just so crazy, man. But I tell you what, it's so delicious indeed. 
he is the man behind smoking Han confessions. My gosh, you got that's just I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, can I bring you back on tomorrow? No, I'm just I'm, I'm <laughs> but I will bring you back on soon for that recipe and of course a lot more pop culture talk. So we can talk Star Wars because you know Obi Wan Kenobi just ended. And you know we've got a lot to talk about there, but we've got other stuff coming hopefully on the way for Star Wars. And I know I want to hear your thoughts on what the future you believe will be for the Star Wars universe. We've heard some great thoughts on Marvel and DC. You know we talked Star Wars before, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Looking forward to it. That Andor series looks pretty interesting. It does indeed. So hopefully around that time we'll be able to check that out. But it is once again Ben Arnell from Smoking Hot Confessions. Ben, it's been just a tremendous pleasure as always. Truly appreciate once again you being part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the PC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross, the mastermind behind many good things going on in the world of vampires. And before we head on out and before I mention the princess on Hulu and also as well what we're seeing and hearing about when it comes to Peacock. You mentioned some vampire things going down. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So the Vampire Academy, the movie came out three or four years ago, maybe five. Not to be confused with the Police Academy movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be an interesting crossover, though. Let's be honest about that. It's another. I can see Steve Gutenberg getting some fangs, growing some fangs right there. <laughs> yeah, it would be incredible. It Michael be... Winslow making some voices, and then I was like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I would watch the crap out of that. So, Vampire Academy, it's just, you know, pretty people dressed in pretty goth clothes doing you know interesting pretty goth things yeah oh i really like him but he's dating her you know oh it's all of that kind of stuff there just happens to be vampires involved so it's a it's another teen drama and every once in a while there's nothing wrong with taking in a few episodes fair enough fair enough yeah, yeah there you go i mean speaking of other few episodes you wanted to talk about love island i know that hit recently it's real weird because we looked it up and I, I, oh yeah, I heard, you know, from a couple of people, Love Island, you got to go ahead and check it out on Hulu. Oh, the, is that the UK version? Is that which version of that? Because there's several versions around the world, seemingly mm-hmm. for certain different regions. I guess the UK version is on Hulu and the US version is on Peacock. Imagine that. So tell me a little bit more about Love Island. Well, it has been on for the last four three or four years anyway in the summertime and it's a whole bunch of beautiful single people flown to a beautiful location and they just let them you know have some drinks everybody brings uh you know fancy clothes and they get all dressed up at night and have a little party in the house and people hook up and then they break up and then they hook up and then they break up and the point of it is to actually find love on the show and and by that's how they end it is 
with the final couple and whether or not they're going to split the money that they win at the end. So that's pretty much how the show operates. But can't they just fake it for the entire series and just walk out richer? You absolutely could. Okay. Yeah, you really could. But one of the things that's been so enjoyable about the show is the guy that does the narration. He's a radio guy. I used to know the name and now I forget it. So to you, narrator, I apologize that I've forgotten your name. Don't take it personally. I have a terrible memory. I'm on Matthew Hoffman. Could be. He's a narrator on the series. Yeah. He's the voiceover producer for the show. Okay. Could be. Anyway, he's so funny. And he says a lot of what, you know, you watch when you're, or a lot of the things that you're thinking when you're watching these shows are the jokes that he makes. So it's, it's always really great. From what I understand, he's being replaced by the British guy. The British verse is the one that's most talked about. So yeah, that's the one that everybody talks about, but I really enjoy the narrator from the U S version. So I, I hope that what I'm reading or the way that I'm interpreting it is completely incorrect. I hope that that's the case. Okay. Well you go protest if that's the case, get out that protest for the week. I'm just going to come up with a draft, strongly worded email that just says something along the lines of, I am displeased. Could you please fix it and make me pleased? It's going to be like Mad Libs, where you're just going to write a basic statement, have (laughs) something as far as a blank space, for example. I am really displeased with blank. And then you just fill it in each week when you find something to get mad about. So, okay. Just just keeping track of that. Okay. I I like that. But it is Love Island that's on Hulu and on Peacock. Uh, I guess the UK versions on Hulu and the USA versions on Peacock. So please let us know if you're watching Love Island. I hear a lot of people talk about Love Island. So if you can give me the skinny and let me know, well, maybe skinny is not the word for it, but if you can give me the update on Love Island, please let me know and let us know in, you know, family friendly words. So you don't have to go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) But please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Speaking of Peacock before we head on out. And speaking of Hulu, Hulu, I wanted to mention that The Princess, which is supposed to be kind of like a modern take on the ye old kingdoms of lores. Basically, it's a medieval movie, but done in such a fashion as far as the tone, the dialogue of a modern setting. The princess herself, she gets kidnapped and she's in some type of peril. But then again, everybody else is in peril because she soon wields a sword and tries to go ahead and slay everybody while going ahead and cracking one-liners. So it's kind of set as far as the language is concerned of a modern setting. So it seems to have a sort of different type feel. So a lot of people could be into that. Again, check that out. That's the princess on Hulu, but Peacock just dropped its future. We talked earlier in the show that NBC universal dropped its lineup for NBC but they also dropped us lineup for the Peacock streaming service, which you and I on our streaming one-on-one show, which people still check out and comment about that. They think as far as our review of Peacock may or may not have been a little harsh. Were we harsh? I was harsh. Okay. I was harsh on it and deservedly so. I mean, still to this point, I mean, it's two years in with all the other services gaining mm-hmm. so many millions of viewers over the course of time, as far as the big ones, Apple Plus, HBO, when you talk about Disney Plus, Netflix, all have gained substantially since the pandemic started in 2020. Whereas Peacock, even with the WWE and all the other things that supported it, as far as the Olympics that they had on there, their sports coverage, all the stuff that they had on there, they're only up to 28 million. I know that's 28 million. That's a lot for most people, but 
Unfortunately, in the world of streaming, that's fallen far behind. And they're looking at best by the end of 2024 to get to 30, 35 million. We always pick on Hulu. Hulu has even a larger share than that. So I want to hear your thoughts when I talk to you about what's coming up with Peacock. Yeah. And that's the thing I wanted to talk to you about. Their shows that are coming up for this fall include Vampire Academy, something like you talked about. Everything I know about love, Pitch Perfect, Bumper in Berlin. It's a series based off the famous movie series that's already come out. I think it has maybe one or two of the cast members of that movie that's actually migrating over to Pitch Perfect, the series, Bumper in Berlin. Then you have The Best Man, The Final Chapters, A Friend of the Family, One of Us is Lying, and The Capture, among other shows that are coming out for the rest of this year on Peacock. When you check out that lineup... Is there anything that's making you say, wow, I got to go check out Peacock this fall? I mean, not right now. I'm not going to, you know, go upstairs and cancel Netflix and get Peacock for a couple of months. It's not, I'm not, no, that's probably not going to be what happens. But I will be doing a lot of checking in and reading on certain things and, and seeing what's going on. And here's a question for you. I'm sure you'll know the answer. Or maybe I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm not sure. Brace I'm ready yourself. for it. Does Peacock have like a trial, like a free trial, like two weeks or anything? Remember, they're, they're the ones with the different tiers. So you can actually right. see the free version of it, free version with ads, and they've got the pay tier with ads, and they got the pay tier. They do have a trial. I believe it's a seven-day. Sometimes they even have up to a 30-day, depending on where you go look on the internet as far as what right. deals they have. So they do have a free deal for some of their tiers. And then, of course, they do have the absolutely free service that they add which is limited on the amount of content you can see from peacock it just gives you a taste of some of the items that you can see on there then again they have peacock no ads which is the full price service then they have peacock you can get the whole library with ads so they've already got it structured out i think that you're going to probably be seeing more services like hbo max or netflix maybe even disney plus go to at some point with ads without ads you know, they're going to a tier structure like that at some point in time. So they'll follow suit. But you can, I believe, get a trial basis for Peacock for a limited time. Yeah. Well, we, I'll wait until like September and I'll get a free trial and, and you know, I'll I'll kick back and, and see what's up and, and see how, you know, these new shows are, are doing and, and how they're being rolled out. But I'm definitely going to keep an eye on what they have coming and how they're marketing them and, and all of that kind of stuff. That'll be interesting to follow. Well, my guess is that what they'll do is, I'm just guessing, that when their shows, as far as their, especially the fledgling shows that they haven't been shown yet to the public, as they come out, as they premiere, maybe they'll showcase one episode on the free version, the absolutely free Mm -hmm. version of Peacock. So maybe that's a way you can go ahead and check it out to see if it's something that you'd like. That would be the smart way for me. If I've got that free version sitting there, that most of my people that have peacock that are on as a free service yeah. and i would go ahead and at least show them a sample and a reason why they need to go ahead and pay a little bit larger for one of those tiers yeah that's a really smart way to to do it and to look at it that would be very clever of them and dastardly but clever now if they don't do that they need to go ahead and get us in there we'll yeah. go ahead and make sure that we have they have a vampires and vitae section in yes. there uh-huh. along with the vampire academy that way the algorithm is since you watch Vampire Academy, you need to check out this from Vampires and Vitae. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, that's that's exactly the way that that should go. 
Okay, fair enough indeed. But <laughs> listening to the lineup that yeah. Peacock has coming down the lane, are you excited out there for what's coming up with Peacock? Are you going to get into Peacock this fall? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Because I really don't want to spend my whole time and whole year laughing at Peacock because it kind of hurts because the WWE is there. And I've always said that WWE is there and nothing more. I'd really love a reason to go ahead and get Peacock more than the free version. So please, is there a reason why I should do that? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. But before we head on out, I wanted to let you know, Shorzy, you recommended Shorzy yes. to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I want to let you know that I have checked it out. And? And I think it's like Slapshot, the 2022 version, <laughs> if you're familiar with the old movie by Paul Newman. Uh-huh. And yes, the brothers that always seem to get in fights everywhere. Seems to me like it's a modern day updated version that, or at least it takes very liberally from that movie. Your thoughts on that before we head on out. Okay, so it is a spinoff of Letter Kenny. So if you have been watching Letter Kenny, then you know least of the character Shorzy because you never see his face yeah. when you're watching Letter Kenny because it's the main character from Letter Kenny who plays Shorzy. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the connection between the two shows. And Shorzy just I don't know man it was such a fun watch and by the end of it by the end of I think it's only six episodes you suddenly realize that in between all of the crude humor and all of the swear words it was actually a story that had quite a bit of heart to it and that's what I enjoyed so much when it ended you know like the boys yeah like when he was talking to the girl he was like I'll be so good to you you'll wake up in the morning and there I'll be Waking up beside you, just being good to you. Who doesn't want a line like that? I mean, come on. That was great. It was such a good show. Although if, you know, Robbie says that to you, it's like, I know where you got that. I know where you stole that line. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We have everybody at work watching it. So now, you know, you you walk into the pizza shop and it's a whole bunch of, you know, Shorzy quotes being thrown around the restaurant and stuff like that. No, it's a lot of fun. And there's so many great one-liners and quick little quips in there. It's just chirping the entire time. It's great. Well, if you get a chance, everyone, check out Shorzy. I, like I said, the Shorzy series, though, has a lot of influence from Slapshot. So if you're into a little bit of a hockey, light-themed, you know, somewhat vulgar, but still yeah. very good-hearted show, please go ahead and check out Shorzy and share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, thank you so much, as always, for being so much a part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Okay, if you've ever caught an episode of Vampires and Vitae, the originators, the world of darkness, they're the people that put out the Vampire the Masquerade books. They're about to launch, I believe it's tomorrow, they start their live stream of their new season. It's called New York by Night. And you can absolutely pop onto Twitch and have a look at it. The first couple of seasons I followed and they were really great. The storyteller Jason Carl works with World of Darkness and he's an excellent storyteller. He's so good. And if you want to see the game done per rules as written, absolutely watch this. Vampires and Vitae is very rules light. We took a lot of the crunchiness out, but if you're looking for like the real way to play Vampire the Masquerade, then check out New York by Night. It starts tomorrow. Or today, I, I guess. 
kind of like the way you guys do it a little bit more. You guys seem to have so much fun when I watch you. Oh my gosh, it's just silly fun times with friends around a table. That's really all that tabletop RPGs are. That's mm. very much true indeed. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great